Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host here in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. How's it going, Pastor Nick? It's going wonderful, just detoxing on the old Daniel fast. Ooh, the Daniel fast. If you've never crucified your flesh, I encourage you to go on the Daniel fast. Mm, Yes. I don't need to say any (laughs) more. And so we are going to study the Torah today as usual. Today's Torah portion uh, for this week is Shoftim, which means judges. And you can find that in the book of Deuteronomy, starting at chapter 16, verse 18, and ending in chapter 21, verse 9. This is exciting. Just again, a little review for all of you. This is Deuteronomy, the book of remembrance. So this book was actually written within a month. And of course, Moses is going to, to die and the Lord's going to take his life and he's going to be removed from the children of Israel. He's not going to go into the promised land. So these are the last words of a dying man, everyone. And so he's putting this all together. And I think it's incredible. Uh, five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. Remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. So once again, we shared how the book of Leviticus is broken up into two parts. Uh, The book of Numbers has three parts. Well, the book of Deuteronomy has four parts. I think that's very interesting. You have, of course, the remembrances of the past, uh, chapters one through four. Uh, Take heed lest thou forget. Remember that. Remembrances of the past, chapter one through four. Then we begin in chapter four, verse 44, all the way through chapter 26. These are the commandments for the present. That's right, for today's time. Commandments for the present. Uh, Contained within there are the Ten Commandments and related commandments. Now, as we go into chapters 27 through 30, this is part three of the four-part book of Deuteronomy. Options affecting the future. Wow, you have a choice to make. You have have to choose, and uh, this is blessings and curses. I was going to say, can you choose... Blessings or cursings? Blessings and cursings. And last but not least, uh, chapters 31 through 34 are the parting words of Moses. The parting words of Moses, and so Moses died. And there, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Once again, we are here to share the Torah and get you excited about the Torah portions and make it relevant for today. So here we go, right out of the gate. Question number one, what two types of people will be found at all the gates in Israel Deuteronomy 16, 18. All right. The two types of people listed are judges and officers. Judges and officers. Once again, gates are uh, very important. I'm going to go ahead and flip some pages here in the Bible here to get to where I want to be. But basically, I want to share that uh, some examples of leadership at the gates would be our uh, famous nephew of Abraham, Lot. Genesis 19, 1. He was, of course, at the gate. And uh, what does that tell you? He had a position of influence. He had a position of influence. And so he was at the gate. Some said that he was the mayor. Wow. You know, it's interesting when Abraham and Lot went their separate ways. uh, You know, Abraham told Lot, you know, where do you want to go? Where do you want to pitch your tent? And so uh, Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. And uh, why? Because they had come out of Egypt. Egypt was like the world. So Sodom reminded him of Egypt, I guess. There was some, you know, familiarity there. And so he, uh, he's, he's, of course, could be uh, 
labeled the, the mayor of, uh, of Sodom in Genesis 19.1. We also have the story of Ruth and Boaz in chapter 4, verses 1 and 11, references to meeting the leaders at the gate and doing business because Boaz wanted to marry Ruth. Uh, There's another kinsman redeemer closer than he was, but he refused to marry Ruth, and so he negated that kinsman redeemer redemption policy there. So Boaz uh, took it upon himself to be the kinsman redeemer, which is, of course, a picture of Yeshua. Now we get to this next part, uh, dealing with the gates here, uh, and judges and officers of the gates. Uh, how about our children? Is there hope for our children? Absolutely. It says right here in Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Once again, they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And actually in the Hebrew, this is very interesting. It, it actually makes mention of, of course, uh, shall, shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Let me look at my little note here. In Psalm 5, or 127, verse 5, uh, it means that they shall subdue them. That's, in, that's incredible. But they will subdue the enemies at the gate. So that means that our children would have greater influence than, than, than those children that are out there running around in the world without God or the enemy. You know, you got to think about it, folks. Our children are going to speak to the enemies at the gate. Very important gates, of course, are, are mentioned uh, throughout the Bible as a, a, a place of Coming in and going out. Right, and the mezuzah is supposed to be put on your doorpost That's right. and on your gates. That's right. <clears throat> and uh, I do believe there's even a prophecy Mike was mentioning. I don't want to go there, but uh, that I guess the children of Rebecca would conquer the enemies at the gate. Her seed would conquer the enemies at the gates. We'll have to look at that later. But we're going to move on here now. We have, Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift for a gift. Doth blind the eyes of the wise. And pervert the words of the righteous. Deuteronomy sixteen nineteen. And so once again, this is dealing with uh, a bribe. That's, know, that's a big deal. You know, it's funny. I've, I've been <clears throat> for for some. Um, we're we're foster parents, and so I've you know I've been to court several times over the last month. Um, <clears throat> and it's interesting to see how court proceedings happen, and to to see the judge, and and just how important it is that a judge be an objective person. Um, and so this verse talking about, you know, not taking a bribe and, and, and not receiving any gifts because it blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. This is saying that with, even if you're a righteous person, and even if you are a wise person, that a bribe or a gift, even if received, uh, from a friend or whatever, if you're supposed to be taking an objective approach to whatever, uh, situation is going on or a situation at hand that you're supposed to judge or rule over, that you shouldn't accept the gifts just so that you can be above reproach. And that's what Moses did in re reference to Korah in right. that rebellion. He says, I haven't taken, I've taken no gifts from them. There's been no bribery, no bribes, you know. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, even in our government and even in Israel's government, there's been uh, cases where people were convicted of uh, bribery. And I'm not here to mention names or, or be slanderous, but the bottom line is that uh, you can do the public records research for yourself, but, you know, bribes are not good. They're, they're not good at all. So once again... Uh, Deuteronomy 17.1, moving on. Could the children of Israel sacrifice a bullock or a sheep to the Lord that had a blemish? Absolutely not. The Lord wanted our best. No, no, no. And uh, Mike Cromwell was sharing last night about in Malachi, 
uh, you wouldn't give a, a, a blemished animal to the governor. Why would you give it to God? Right. You know, this, this little question here, it, it can apply to all of us. If you think of your life as a, a human sacrifice, a living sacrifice, that you are giving up your life for the Lord. Uh, sometimes we give good sacrifices. Sometimes we're not that good. But we can always pick ourselves back up and, and start a new day. His mercies are new every day. But if you think of your life as a sacrifice and everything that you do is an offering unto the Lord, whether it's picking up a piece of trash on the church property, whether it's holding the door for somebody, you know, what you've done you know, to them, you've done unto the Lord. And what you've done to the least of them, you did to the Lord. That's right. So think of your life as, as a sacrifice. And you'll never quit offering up sacrifices because, you know, you don't have to do an animal. But th- there's also the sacrifice of praise as well. And uh, we, have to, we have to say that and walk in that. And our lives are living sacrifices. It sure is. Amen. So question number four, what was the punishment for idolatry in Deuteronomy 17, verses 2 through 5? The idolater was to be stoned to death. I love what John Bevere says in regards to idolatry. Once again, uh, repeating myself, it's redundant, I know. Uh, well, they say I, a good rabbi repeats himself. Hey, idolatry is whatever you give you strength to, whatever you get your strength from. We know that uh, coffee can be uh, considered uh, an idol. Got to have it every day. I got to have my coffee. Got to have my coffee. Well, that's idolatry, you know. So once you break off of it, now you feel the repercussions. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, coffee is a drug. Okay, just because you don't drink it and you get a headache, something's wrong with this picture. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't happen with water, right? Oh, I quit drinking water for a couple of days. You don't get a headache. You know, maybe listen, if you go into dehydration. Listen, I'm the only one that's allowed to have controversial things to say on the podcast. And calling coffee a drug is controversial. I'm sorry, but it's a public record. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to move on. So think about it, everybody. We all have idols. We think we don't have these little statues and things, but we got other idols. You know? Oh, absolutely. I, I lost the uh, remote control. That was like an idol. And I got it back. You know, after a period of time, my, my son found it, and, 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 the, and the remote really saves me a lot of grief and, and changing the channels, whatever I want to do. But once again, it's whatever you give your strength to, whatever you get your strength from. Just think about it, everyone. If you go to the Holy Spirit, He'll show you. Yeah. He will show you. That's for sure. All right. Uh, we're moving on here. Question number five. How many witnesses are required to put someone to death in Deuteronomy 17, 6? Uh, this is going to be two or three witnesses, and... Uh, I don't know if this is coming up. I don't think it is. Um, one of the caveats to that is that the witnesses were the ones that had to execute. The yeah, punishment. we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Okay, well then here so we go. So li- listen to this one. Who was responsible for throwing the first stone at the guilty party? Deuteronomy seventeen seven. The witnesses. So the witnesses. So you really have to be sure of yourself. You're gonna take somebody's life. What a what a incredible punishment to, to have. I mean, well, and that's the point, you know, and I think that's the overreaching point that Yeshua was making when he says, you know, he without sin cast the first stone, you know, that, that we're all, we're all guilty. And that, uh, the reason that this type of corporate punishment was, was enacted the way that it was, is that it was a self government that everybody is responsible for everybody, that we're right. all responsible for each other. Right. And that and one person could hurt a group. Right. And that those that were trying to pull people away from God and away from the Lord, that that was the ultimate offense. The ultimate offense is right. to try to persuade somebody to come and serve other gods. And so with, you couldn't just say that somebody was doing that because it was such a big offense. There had to be two or three witnesses, and then those people had to be so faithful to knowing that that actually happened that they were the ones that had to execute the judgment. Well, it goes back to the woman caught in adultery, right, supposedly. They bring the woman, but where's the man? Right. And so, you know, the the, the verdict is stone her to death if she's guilty of, of, of adultery. But the bottom line is that, what did Yeshua <clears throat> say, you know? He, without sin, throw the first stone. And the older ones were like... They dropped their stones first. They're like, yeah. Because they lived longer. They knew they had some they had some baggage, you know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the younger ones, they they dropped their stones, you know. 
So that was uh, pretty incredible. I mean, what he pulled off there, that was really, really good. Well, so, I don't think that the point is that there shouldn't be punishment for sin or that sin is good or that sin is acceptable. Well, you reap what you sow. You're exactly going to pay right. the price. I mean, Correct. You know, God's mercy brought me this far, but it doesn't mean I continue in certain things, you know. So we're going to move on to the Levitical priesthood. Uh, where did God's people take matters that were too difficult to judge in Deuteronomy 17.9? They would take them to the Levitical priests and to the judge. So once again, you know... If you had matters that were too difficult to judge, you went to the Levitical priest and to the judge. You know, that basically means if you couldn't settle it yourself or with your little people around you, you would go to the Levitical priest and to the judge. So that's very interesting. You know, if you have a problem, you go to the priest. But look what's happened to the clergy of today. You know, we're discredited, the televangelists or whatever, you know. Four homes, four planes, whatever it is. I think you know, a plane would be pretty cool. Well, maybe so, but I mean... So if anybody if, wants to donate a plane... We don't need a plane, because listen. we're building a strong community, <laughs> raising up the next generation, and that plane isn't going to do us any good. So everything's happening right here at 1705 Lithia Pinecrest Road. That's all I'm saying. So just think about it, everyone. The pastor, the, the deacons, the elders, these are people that you should be able to go to for prayer and support and comfort, you know. And right. look what's happened, you know, the, the you know... The waters are muddy, and uh, you know, and now all of a sudden, you know, the enemy is trying to discredit the clergy. But once right. again, there are good shepherds, there are good pastors, Amen. and, and you, I would say most leadership. of them are. Most of them. And are. he even says there's a prophecy in there. It says that I will raise up shepherds after my own heart. Right. You know, and even Yeshua was looking out over the people. And he says, "Man, I feel sorry for these people. They have no shepherd." Yeah. So, so think about it. I can really relate to that. Here we go. We're going to go into the. Question to the monarchy. Eight. So yeah. uh, question number eight, what was the title given the person who would rule over Israel in Deuteronomy 17, 14? Uh, the title was king. I want to read these verses real quick because I think that okay, go ahead. it's interesting. It says, When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me like as all the nations that are about me. So in other words, God didn't necessarily say you have to have a king. This is something that the people are requesting and that he's prophesying that the people will request, which obviously we know comes true. So verse 15 says, Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. Right? And so there's a lot of laws about bringing in the stranger and being kind to the stranger and the sojourner and bringing them into the fold, but they can't be the king. Which is interesting when you think that the, the the scepter shall not depart from Judah is the prophecy, and the kingship comes you know through the line of Judah. And that's the line true. Of David. That's true. The monarchy is important. You know, we we in America we don't understand the monarchy. You know, uh, so was the king allowed to multiply horses and wives in Deuteronomy seventeen sixteen and seventeen? Uh, no, he was not. You know, there's a there's a psalm that actually is a song. You know, some may trust in horses. Some may trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. Right. You know, and so what happened? King Solomon multiplied horses and wives. If I'm not mistaken, 700 wives, 300 concubines. Or maybe the opposite, 300 and 700. I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it's 700 wives, 300 concubines. Okay. So that got him in trouble. It led him away. It led him astray. You know, it's interesting, even here at Beit Tehillah, you know, as we come together and we serve a covenant-keeping God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we have so many different uh, ethnic groups here that, that, are, that are in our midst, and also all the different denominations. You know, so you're talking Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic, 
you know, Lutheran, Nazarene. And so as we, as we come together, uh, the, the purpose is for us to come up with a standard that we can all attain to and be in agreement to. Yeah. And of course, that's, of course, through the covenants that God has made, mostly. I'll tell you what, that's the dynamic here at Beit Tehillah, everyone. And I haven't done the demographics yet or a pie chart, but I would like to probably interview and see how many different denominations we have in here and come up with a little graph or something. But it's very interesting. It is. It is. You know, what else is interesting about the multiplication of wealth and and wives and horses, so to speak, in this case, <clears throat> is that, you know, even Solomon at the end of his life, the, the man that was the wealthiest of the wealthy, right? And he even says that it's all vanity. You know, it's all vanity. It's meaningless that these are the things that are important, right? And he goes into the things that are free that we can all achieve in this life. But what's interesting about that is that we all still want to find out for ourselves somehow. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I trust that, you know, money isn't everything, but <laughs> you know what? I like to find out for myself, you know? Right. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, if we were to attain to the other things that maybe those things would come, you know, because right. God says, seek ye first the kingdom and of God. all, right. And all of these things will, will be, be added, added to, you, to you, you know, that's it. You know, do you have things or do things have you? Oof. Was the king to write a copy of the law and have it to read at all times and Deuteronomy 17 verses 18 and 19. Yes, he His own copy. Was. That's right. His here's, own copy. Here's another thing uh, that's interesting. I've, you know, I've been sitting, you know, with some of my uh, Christian friends and whatnot, and when, you know, when you start to read the Bible after understanding the significance of the Torah, and then you see the word law throughout the scriptures, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, you see it in a way that you maybe didn't before. You start to consider it in a different way. Like maybe right. they're actually talking about the law. And so I've heard it said that, uh, well, you know, King David, when he's writing the Psalms, when he says the law of the Lord, he's not necessarily talking about the Torah. He's talking about like the law that God is writing on our minds and our hearts. and just so happens to be the Torah as well, right? But uh, it's interesting because when you know that King David is the Jew of Jews, I mean, like you don't get more oh, Jewish yeah. than King David, right? That's right. Uh, and that he was not only keeping the Torah, but that he would write the Torah, just like every other king of Israel was commanded to. I mean, if and anybody, he delighted in the law. And delighted in the law. From the Psalms. Well, and that's the point I'm making is that they It's say, funny how we can delight in the law back then, but you can't delight in it today. Right. Well, if, doesn't make here's sense. the cool part. We're here promoting the Torah, right? That's what we're doing with this podcast. And hopefully our listeners are realizing that the Torah is a good thing. You know, this is loving instructions from a father to his children. You know, the father that loves his children disciplines and teaches and instructs his children. The father that doesn't love his children neglects them, ignores them, and doesn't teach them and give them instruction. And so our father loves us, and so he gave us teachings and instructions, i.e., the Torah. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, everyone, every kingdom has to have a constitution or a bill of rights or whatever. And here we are. The Torah is the constitution, everyone, I'm telling you. So we're going to move into the, uh, to the Levites now. What inheritance was given to the Levites in Deuteronomy 18, verses 1 and 2? Their inheritance was the Lord himself. Wow, their inheritance was the Lord. It's kind of like uh, when, you, when you talk to missionaries, you know, they give up everything. Oh, yeah. And then they get some support, but it's but really, you know, that's their inheritance. They're they're right. they're missionaries. I mean, my hat goes off to to the missionaries. Uh, Ryan's going to read Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verse two. All right, here we go. Eighteen two. Therefore, shall they have no inheritance among their brethren? The Lord is their inheritance, as He hath said unto them. Wow. Therefore, they shall have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance, as he hath said unto them. Oh, and by the way, they did get land and houses. 
Well, they did in, yeah. in all of the territories, right? right? Because they were serving Absolutely. the people on God's behalf. And so Deuteronomy 18.3, what portion of the sacrifice from the people was given to the priest to eat? So they would get the shoulder, the two cheeks, and the maw. What is, what's the maw? The maw is supposed to be the stomach. Ah, the maw. So very interesting, okay. the intestines or whatever. Uh, chapter um, yeah, chapter uh, 18 and verse 5 of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 18.5, the Levites were to stand and do what for the people in the name of the Lord? To minister in the name of the Lord. To minister in the name of the Lord. Wow, that's 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 awesome. You know, they're the ones in charge of the spiritual exercises. Think about it. Um, to minister in the name of the Lord. So how do Check we represent the Lord? You Check know? this out. Let's read this verse. So it says, "For the Lord thy God hath chosen him, meaning Levi, out of all thy tribes, to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever." I mean, what a. I mean. You know, it's it, it's cool because there's there's different levels, right? And so if if Israel as a whole is a holy nation and a holy priesthood unto the Lord, then you have that next level of holiness, which is the Levite, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it. The, the bottom line is that they're finding a special DNA in the, in the Cohens, the Cohenites. They're finding a special DNA, uh, which is very interesting. Matter of fact, there's a prophecy that says that I will scatter Levi among all of Israel. So that's that's really cool. Now we're going to switch gears here, and, and there's a contrast here, of course. Uh, we have, of course, uh, to check the following things considered an abomination to the Lord. Check the following things considered an abomination to the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 through 11. I'm going to have Ryan read those. Once again, these are an abomination to the Lord. All right, here we go. It says, uh, one that makes his children to pass through the fire, which is the, the ones that would uh, offer their children up to like Molech, uh, divination, enchanter, a witch, a charmer, a consulter of familiar spirits, a wizard, and a necromancer, one that would speak to the dead. Okay, so think about it, everyone. So think about the occult, just a little tidbit here for some of you to think about. Uh, Who gave us the occult but the fallen angels? You know, the fallen angels gave us the occult. The word occult in and of itself means something hidden. So, so, you know, in the spirit realm, uh, in the occult, these spirits are hiding. And, uh, and of course, you know, if you want to summon up some spirits, they'll come. But once again, it's the Holy Spirit versus the occult. Now, we know in our, in our culture today, we're faced with sexual immorality and the occult. These right. are probably the two most prevalent things that we are seeing in the earth today. And so as we see the restoration, the regathering of the whole house of Israel, know that you need to avoid these things at all costs, especially if you're grafted in and you're Israel. Remember, that's how the next generation failed. 24,000 people died Oof. on the plains of Moab, right? On the banks of the Jordan River because of they were seduced. That's right. They were seduced. See, in the golden calf incident, Ryan, it's very interesting as you look at it and you tie these two situations in. Baal, Peor, at the end of Numbers to, to the golden calf incident found in Exodus 32. What you're going to see is, of course, the children of Israel began to worship the golden calf in Exodus 32, and it turned into sexual immorality. Well, at Baal, Peor, when Balaam taught Balak how to get the children of Israel to stumble, we discover that the sexual immorality led to idolatry. Oh, yeah. So once again, uh, it's the Holy Spirit versus the occult. You can see this in the book of Acts. Once the Holy Spirit fell and the disciples went out, boy, they confronted the, 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 the occult. The occult went out. And remember, within the occult, there's no atonement. There's no redemption. You don't need atonement because you're a God. You're, you're all, you know, an all being, all, all powerful being or whatever. So think about that in regards to the occult versus the Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit going to do? The Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
that the ruler of this world has been judged. Because who gave us the occult? But Lucifer. Lucifer, Satan himself, gave us the occult. And so we're going to be looking at um, some good things here coming up in regards to uh, a prophecy. Deuteronomy 18.15. Who was going to rise up from among the children of Israel? So it says here in verse 15, it says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, meaning Moses, unto him ye shall hearken. So what should we do to the prophet? We should hearken. That prophet is Yeshua. That's right. So what was this prophet going to do in Deuteronomy 18.18? He would speak all that the Lord commanded him. Remember, you know, King David was a prophet, a priest, and a king. That's right. Here's Yeshua, prophet, priest, and king. He's a prophet, a priest, and a king. And, and I love what Yeshua did. He says, I can only say what the Father tells me to say. I can only do what the Father tells me to do. And people have a hard time with that. They say, well, how can he be God then? Well, he is. He's showing you the maturity of honoring parents. He's showing the maturity of the Godhead. You know, And that's the thing that I love about this is how they, it plays off one another. Uh, Deuteronomy 19.2, how many cities of refuge were created on the west side of the Jordan River? Three. And how many on the west side of the Jordan River? Three. I just threw in an extra question there. You did. So a total of six cities of refuge. Now, could you live in a city of refuge if found guilty of murder? Deuteronomy 19, verses 11 and 12. No, this is the waiting place for the person who is either accused of murder or a person who accidentally killed somebody. Very good. Very good. A place to go until your case was heard. Uh, What may you not do to a neighbor's landmark? You cannot remove it. You cannot remove it. Or move Deuteronomy 1914. Yeah. That's like a property line. Right. Yeah. Don't move the property line. Uh, question number 21. How many witnesses were needed to establish a matter in Deuteronomy 1915? Again, it's two or three witnesses. You'll which notice. Makes me always wonder, like, is it two or is it three? Hey, three is better than two. That's right. Three is well, like a, what is it called? Like a threefold cord is not easily broken. That's right. Three is divine of the Lord. I think the more the merrier. Question number 22, who was to come out to the children of Israel and encourage them before they went to battle? Deuteronomy 20, verse 2. This would be the priest, the representative wow, of the Lord. Wow, once again, the clergy, the, the spiritual leaders. Interesting, interesting. Moving on to uh, Deuteronomy 20, verse 8. I'm going to have uh, Ryan read that, Deuteronomy 28. All right, so it says, And the officers shall speak further unto the people and shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. Once again, fear is contagious. So if he's not able to go to war, he's very fearful. He needs to get out of the ranks, you know. There's there's two more examples. Uh, Somebody who, of course, uh, has a a new home that he's not lived in may go back to his home and enjoy that. Uh, Also, a man who has uh, planted a vineyard, he may enjoy the vineyard. Uh, you know, he, he never enjoyed it. He never participated in it. So those are three examples and that would get you, you out You mentioned of, a man with a wife, a new wife? Man with a new wife? Yeah. Yeah, there you go, the man with a new wife. Yeah. Uh, why would you go to battle, you know? So anyway, those are some examples of uh, actually, uh, I don't know how we would call it, draft busters. Only for a year though, right? That's it. So that's, that's very good. Uh, were the children of Israel to besiege a city without first offering it a peaceful surrender Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 10 through 12. No, they were not. So they would always come and offer a peaceful surrender to the people, correct? You know, this is interesting. You know, with what's going on in Gaza, this is my take on it. Yeah. Okay. I think the government of Israel has tried to be peaceful about it. And just between you and I, Ryan, I think they should go in there, take it. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that the best thing for over. for it. all of those territories is the sovereignty of Israel. I mean, the people are being persecuted by their own leadership at this point. And so it's like, you know, what is better? A democratic, uh, you know, com- compassionate government that will at least give them rights and allow them, you know, to live uh, a free life or a group that is oppressing them for their own selfish and, and you know, and greed, selfishness and greed. You know, I mean, why would we... Right. And we know land for peace isn't working. That doesn't make sense. Obviously. You know, 100 rockets in one day? Yeah. 200 rockets? No, it's that's just re- last week. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So let's move on here. If the children of Israel had to attack a city, who would die in Deuteronomy 20, verse 13? Every male. Every male. Duh. Know, that's it, you know, and, and, and so once again, it's not genocide. I mean, what it is is that you're cutting the seed off of Satan. You're cutting this bad seed off from overtaking the country. And uh, let's look at this question number 26. What six groups of people were the children of Israel to completely destroy in Deuteronomy 20, verse 17? The Israelites were to completely destroy the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Wow. The true joy in life. I knew Conan would make a return. To crush your enemies. Yes. See them driven before you and hear the lamentation of their women. There you have it, folks. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is what we need with the IDF. We need to kick it up a notch. But but here it is, you know. I mean, this is what happened. Now, I want to read to you a little note here. I know we're going to go over a little bit past the 30-minute mark, but that's okay. Because you need to understand something. Uh, let Scripture interpret Scripture. So here are these uh, six groups of people that are meant to be you know, cast out of the land and, and thwarted here. Uh, let's see here. Basically, it says this in, uh, in regard to Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 16 through 18. I'm reading the commentary from the Keyword Study Bible. If any of you are asking what Bible does Pastor Nick recommend, the Keyword Study Bible. I got the King James uh, Keyword Study Bible, and it's the red letter edition. It's got the Hebrew and the Greek in it, built in concordance, everything. But here we go. This is the final statement of God's justice on the seven peoples listed in this passage. 500 years before, God had stated that their iniquity was not yet full, Genesis 15:16. But it was now full to overflowing. Archaeological evidence reveals how incredibly depraved these tribes were. They practiced human sacrifice and every sort of sexual perversion. Because of the multitude and grievous nature of their sins, it is said that the land vomiteth out her inhabitants. Leviticus chapter 18, verses 21 through 25. Now the sinfulness of these tribes would present a strong temptation to Israel. They must therefore be wiped out. As the incident with the Moabites revealed in Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 through 3, Israel was all too prone to adopt the idolatrous and inhuman practices of her neighbors. In fact, the inhabitants of Canaan that Israel did not destroy, according to God's command, are described as being snares to Israel. Exodus chapter 23, verse 33. Uh, Exodus chapter 34 and verse 12. Last but not least, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 13. 30. So once again, God wants to expel this stuff from the land. Come on, somebody. He wants to expel this madness out of the land. And that was one of the th- reasons why the, the children of Israel got the promised land is because he wanted to get the evil people out. That is awesome. Now, listen, was there a way to investigate the murder of a slain person found in a field? Once again, Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 1 through 9. Was there a way to investigate the murder of a slain person found in a field? Here oh, we go. yeah. CSI Israel. That's it. CSI Israel. There was a way to investigate. 
What three groups of people were used to absolve the crime of shedding innocent blood? Deuteronomy 21, verses 2 and 5. This is going to be the elders, the judges, and the priests. Very good. There you go. We have three branches of government. Look at this. Elders, judges, and priests. Yeah, we have three branches of government in the U.S. So what animal was used to part... As, as part of the process to absolve the crime of a slain person, Deuteronomy 21.3. Well, uh, it's going to be a heifer, and it, here's what it says in verse 3. It says, And it shall be that the city which is next unto the slain man, a heifer which hath not been wrought with, and which hath not drawn in the yoke. Uh, and the elders of the city shall bring down the heifer unto the rough valley, which is neither eared nor sown, and shall strike off the heifer's neck there in the valley. And the priests and the sons of Levi shall come near for the Lord. Thy God hath chosen to minister unto him and to bless in the name of the Lord. And thy, and, and by their word shall every controversy and every stroke be tried. So what city was responsible for absolving the crime of a slain person that was found in a field? Deuteronomy 21, verses 2 and 3. The jurisdiction. It's interesting. It was the one closest to the incident. The cities that are round about him that is slain. The cities that are closest, that are right there in the proximity. Very interesting. Last but not least, was the process to absolve the crime of shedding innocent blood used to remove guilt? Deuteronomy 21.9. Yes, it was. Very good. There you have it, folks. So team, judges, judges, once again, this Torah portion will go into effect Friday night for a whole week all over the world. Shof team, judges will be playing out in every synagogue across the world. And here we are as Christians studying the Torah. Boy, if that isn't a sign in the earth, I don't know what is, folks. You know, we could do uh, TFC, you know, Torah for Christians. CFT, Christians for Torah. Huh. I mean, that's that's an incredible step for the evangelicals of today, that we are believing that the Torah is relevant for today. It is teachings and instructions. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. What an awesome Torah portion. Shof team or judges uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. Again, one of my favorite books in the Bible. You guys heard Pastor Nick tried to bring up Leviticus there for a second, and I was, you know, but he always has to try to stick that Leviticus. in there. Leviticus. You know? Yeah, yeah. See, there he goes again. Just remember, Ryan, Leviticus chapters <laughs> one through seventeen is the way to God. That's right. Chapters eighteen to twenty-seven is what, Ryan? The walk with God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And remember, Leviticus is the middle of the Torah. It is the meat. To the yeah. left is Genesis and Exodus, but there's Leviticus, and to the right, what do we have? Numbers, Numbers and Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Would you go and get a hamburger without the hamburger? Uh, I, today, because I'm on the Daniel Fast, yeah, I probably. I probably would. Um, it, besides the point, uh, Leviticus is a great book. I'm not anti-Leviticus. You don't need to convince me that Leviticus is a good book. Um, I just, you know, I've, I've got other books that I it like. Sounds, Levit- Leviticus right, sounds right. so cool. It does. You know, you have Spartacus. No, we have Leviticus. Well, that's because it's its Roman name. and I mean, I guess it would be coming from us, you know, uh, nations, people, we would like names like Leviticus. If I had to have one book out of the Bible, it would be Leviticus. Oh, yeah? <laughs> to this day. Why don't you say Leviticus After again? After 20 years of being in the Torah, that's the book I would want. Why don't you say Leviticus again? Leviticus. Okay. I'm glad you got that out of your system. So anyways, folks, thanks for listening. We had a good time here today. Uh, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. If you did, uh, please go ahead and go. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud or on iTunes uh, and just give us a review on there, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, that helps us get the message out to other folks as well. Uh, share it on your social media platforms uh, is another way to help us out. 
And uh, if you guys are, are interested in contacting us, you can contact me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. You can also go uh, online to the Contact Us tab if you want to contact the, the, the church directly to the church office. You can also call at 813-654-2222. And then uh, last but not least, our services are live streamed every week on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. And you can uh, get that by going to topraise.net and uh, clicking on the Watch Us Live tab. And so uh, we love you. We thank you guys for listening. Have a great week.